takes a second. <laughs> Welcome to the Battle to Be Trauma Transformation podcast. I have a very special guest here with me tonight who is going to share her story of trauma and transformation and the amazing magical work that she's doing now to help other people who are struggling. So please welcome Dina Rabatai. Hi. <laughs> so Dina and I actually know each other a little bit from being in a mastermind together but now she's running she just moved and is running all over the country so, <laughs> so we don't get to see each other but she has a very interesting story of trauma that's very very different from mine and most of the people that i work with so um why don't you begin by telling us what got you started on your on your journey. Oh wow, that's yeah, that is a long that's a long winding path. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I um I was actually uh, one of four children, and I was kind of the middle child. I was the second born, and um, we moved in with my grandparents when I was about four years old, my parents got divorced and we moved in with my grandparents and it was just me and my brother at that time. My sisters hadn't been born yet. And, um, and we were actually both sexually abused, um, by our grandfather, our maternal grandfather. And we, you know, that went on as long as we lived with them. And then my mom remarried and we moved, um, and the abuse stopped. And then the abuse began again when my grandparents moved in with us when I was nine years old. And so, you know, it created generations of trauma within my family. And I kind of blocked it out. I didn't remember what happened to me. I didn't think about it um, until I was about 18 years old. Um, I remembered and we were hanging out at a party and like cracking jokes about something. And, um, and I had like mentioned, you know, something that happened to me as a kid and my brother was like, that didn't happen. I never did that. What are you talking about? And it like triggered something. And I was like, oh, and I spent years burying my trauma. Um, and I really self-medicated with drug, drugs and alcohol. Um, and also, I think in some ways, sex addiction, although my sex addiction kind of was like just a really mild manifestation of kind of the way that I was self-medicating myself. Um but I definitely did not have healthy relationships. Um, and I was like looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. And so outside of myself, <laughs> and it was never there because it was, I had to get it from in here. Um, but so I actually kind of continued to run from it. Um, spent years doing drugs and alcohol, um, overdosed a few times, um, you know, clean, cleaned up and dried up here and there, but like never really was able to put the substances down and then I decided that I was going to have a nervous break um, at 24. And I had a nervous break at 24, which was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, and that was 
after my brother had passed away. My brother died of a drug overdose when I was 21 and I had the nervous break at 24 and I literally was sat down by my bosses um, and they were like, you're not okay. You need help. Cause I tried to go back to work and I couldn't. And I sat down with the yellow pages. I'm dating myself here. Um, cause I know no, for those of, for you youngins out there who are watching this, the yellow pages is a big book with phone numbers and addresses in it. <laughs> and business listings. So I sat down with the yellow pages and literally closed my eyes and like drug my finger down the page and then opened my eyes. And it was on this place called Another Way Center in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I began to work with Lynn Forrest at that time. And, and she launched her very own coaching practice. This was before coaching, life coaching even existed, right? But she launched a coaching practice based on the teachings of A Course in Miracles back in the 80s. And so I started working with her and she had a very heavy focus on family dynamics and um, the victim triangle. And it changed my life, even though I only got to work with her for six months directly. Um, it changed my life and I now do work based upon her work. Um, and it's heavily rooted in victim consciousness um, and the reality diamond and really just how we create our reality through our beliefs. And so I'm really honored to be doing that work. I'm actually working one-on-one -on -one with or in a small group with her right now for the first time since I worked with her all those years ago. And so I'm working with her more directly again, and that feels really beautiful. And then I'm carrying the work forward and sharing it with other people. And I also am really active in the recovery world. So I've been clean and sober um, for going on two years. My second uh, sober birthday will be on June 24th, 2019. And that's a really big part of my life and my spiritual path. And it blends all together into the small groups that I now get to lead myself, which is such a huge honor. Like it's such a huge honor to carry that message. So that's I, the nutshell. I love the work that you do. And <laughs> if you get a chance to be in a space with Dina. She's got a really amazing energy. Aww. And she's just really calming and really soothing. And she actually spent a lot of time doing physical touch therapies as well. I did. I did. <laughs> like 13 years. That's um, yeah. And now I focus more on energetic work. Um, and probably the best way to describe it is... I don't really know how to describe it. It's it's a lot less about like, hey, let me work out that kink in your neck and more like, hey, let me help you release this resentment and rage that you have in your left scalene. <laughs> like that's that's the work now. So let me help you release the bitterness in your toe. Like that, yeah, it's really Energetic holding, some spatting <laughs> <laughs> blockages. Yes. 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 Nobody ever understands that language, but. I know, I know. Trauma in our bodies. Yes. And this is all what all of this is based on is just total science. We hold trauma in our bodies, literally in our cellular structure and in our nervous system. So sometimes to release trauma, you have to go beyond thoughts, feelings and emotions. That's you right. have to go to that nervous system and you have to calm the nervous system down enough that you can get the brain processing differently. There's just so many different layers there and the body is a huge part of that. So mm -hmm. this particular is what why Dina and I have so much fun talking because we both kind of work with the same multi-layered systemic uh, process, even though we do totally different processes. Mm -hmm. So we understand each other's language. But so how powerful is it 
what can this work do for someone? Like pacing wise, like what have you heard clients say in terms of what's really what have yeah. they tried before and what are they experiencing now and yep. how is that sticking and so what's really incredible to me is that when we begin to incorporate the the psychosomatic and the spiritual, right? Um, because what people are feeling in their bodies, that trauma that we carry in our bodies creates what we call psychosomatic um, experiences within the body. And psychosomatic got a super bad rap for years. I know you know this, but like it got such a bad rap for so many years where people were like, oh, it's all in your head. Yeah, it is. And that's great because when it's all in my head, I can begin to integrate and I can work with it in a different way. If I believe it's just in my body, like I can be like, that's, that's kind of a different thing, which sometimes like I can't change that. But when there's a connection between the mind and the body, it's, you can't walk across the room and leave your brain over here. Like your brain goes with you and your emotions and your energetic body, they're just, they're, they're intricately connected. And so one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen, I had a client who had had lower back pain for 20 years and I'd been working with her for a year doing pretty strict, like, like hands-on body work, right? Like not really incorporating deep mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic work, And she came in one day and I was like, hey, let's play a little game. You down to do an experiment with me? And she said, of course. And so we were working and I was doing a movement therapy called fascial stretch therapy with her where we're actually moving the body in circular motions. Like there's movement involved, the client's an active participant. And one of the things I love about that is that it's not something that's being done to you, but it's something that you're co-creating, which has a very different effect. But we were incorporating this like somatic processing that we were going through um, and just asking her what she was feeling in her body. And as we were moving through it, um, I'm an intuitive also. So that's a little bit different about my work. I am an intuitive. I do kind of receive messages and like intuitive hits of like, hey, like, you know, what's going on with your left ankle? And somebody will randomly be like, oh my God, how did you know my left ankle was hurting? And I was like, I have no idea, you know? Um, But in this case, it was her lower back. And, you know, I was talking to her about it and I was like, okay, I I was like, I have a feeling it's like a really strong emotional tie-in, you know? And you're like, you're like plugged into something in your, in your low back. And all of a sudden I just got this hit and I was like, oh my God. I was like, did you live in a purple house when you were like 10? I was like, I don't know why I'm getting that, but like, was it a purple house? And she like stops dead in her tracks. She's in her fifties. She stops dead in her tracks and she's like, oh my God, how did you know that? She's like, I had a purple bedroom at that age. And she's like, and that, that room was really traumatic for me. And we didn't even have to talk about what happened in the room. She never had to tell me. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. I was like, let's unplug from it. And so she used her mind to unplug energetically from that room and to like, you know, bring that energetic connection back within herself. She called me the next day. We didn't even touch her lower back and her lower back pain was gone. Right. And she had done years of massage, chiropractic, working with me for a year, strictly on the body stuff and like not bringing in the spiritual, emotional. And as soon as we incorporated that spiritual, emotional with a little bit of like somatic movement and processing, her pain disappeared after 20 years. And so I know it's science, but darn it, it feels like magic feels sometimes. Like magic. 
It yep. feels it feels like magic. And I also firmly believe that our magic and our science are not separate and that they're complementary. I don't I don't think they negate each other. <laughs> it's always a really funny conversation for me because when I work with women, it's very okay to be magical about things, to That's be very right. spiritual and woo-woo about things and to just kind of take it from the like feel in. We do use a lot of feel in language where Typically, men and women are different. Yes. <laughs> and I don't care what anyone says. I've worked with a lot of people, and men and women are different. And my men need to know the how and why. So yes. when I go into the science, I've got to give them the, like, what's going on here? What's this process going to do? What are we trying to activate? What are we trying to soothe? What are we trying to, like, what is our objective here? But we're still using the same active release, the same feel into your body. I just have to use different words. Yep. And what's funny is even after all of that happens at the end of it, they're not afraid to say that feels like magic. Right. They always do. I agree with that. I've had that happen a lot. And what's really incredible too, is that when you get down to it, you know, our, our beliefs and our thoughts actually change our epigenetic expression. They change our epigenetic expression and they change the way that our genes express. For those of you who don't know what that means, right? It changes the way that our genes express. So it changes the way your cells behave. It changes the way your physical health manifests to change what's happening in here. And that is like mind blowing, mind blowing. I was like, I remember I was like reading the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton and I was just like, oh my God, mind blowing. <laughs> You know, and of course it was like all stuff I already kind of believed, but it's, it's so incredibly powerful. And I love bringing that level of science into it. And then of course, quantum physics, which also is like magic, even though it's physics, but it's magic, but it's physics, but it's magic. It's magic. I'm going to go with magic. <laughs> like the law of attraction just by itself. When you hear everyone always talks about the law of attraction, what it's not uncommon for clients to come and be like, so what, what is this? And is this real? Right. Like, well, so is it law of attraction or is it your reticular activating system? Like, right. does the focus come first or is, you know, like we can put science to this. That's like literal brain science and we can make it make sense to you from a brain science standpoint, or you can just believe that it's magic. <laughs> And I go okay, for both. It still works either way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a both and kind of gal. It's both and. It's science and neuroscience and it's magic. It gets to be both. <laughs> it's certainly so much more fun if we get to look at a little bit. If we I mean, get to look at science and mystery and magic and just right? take it for face value sometimes that things are just amazing. But neuroscience, here's okay, here's my take on this. Here's my take on this. This is my hot take on this. You can listen, you can have this. This is my free gift to you. Neuroscience is magic. <laughs> the brain is magic. Like we know so little about the brain. It is like mind-blowing. And even if it is explainable, it's still magic. Like it's just incredible. It's incredible the way our brains function. It's incredible, like dreaming. Like you know, it's, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. I, I don't think science explaining a rainbow makes a rainbow any less magical. Like, I just can't. I can't even. Because nature and science and all of it is, like, 
the wonder does not diminish. The one I, I think is the most funny is when you remind people that you are made of the exact same stuff as the table. And stardust, <laughs> right? Like we're all made of stardust too. It's amazing. It is amazing. Oh, my also, my other favorite is that there is less matter in the couch than you think. Like it's mostly nothing. When you get down to the quantum level, there's not a lot there. There's not a lot of particles. Like okay. in the couch. <laughs> or the table or the rock. Like it's more like antimatter than matter. Like there's just no, there's like very few particles. And they wink in and out of existence. <laughs> my poor guys, my poor guys that are watching tonight are like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Yeah, you know, this is true. This is true. So, but like bringing it back in, bringing it back in, because I can digress when we start right. getting into quantum physics. Like I lose my mind. I'm such a nerd about it. I'm such a nerd about it. But well, you guys know, this is why this show is completely unscripted, completely unedited, because you never get to see people just in the raw, just <laughs> having a conversation. I'm nothing but raw. <laughs> And so many of these podcasts, especially about trauma and addiction and recovery and all of these really heavy subjects, so many of these podcasts are just doom and gloom and, you know, this is the pain, this is the suffering, oh, and work really, really, really hard, you can get through it, but some people do and most people don't. And, like, that's the message that most people get. So we're here yeah. to show you that we are the faces of mental health. Yep. You're the face and of mental health recovery. What if it what if it doesn't have to be that hard? <laughs> exactly that. What what would that mean? Like I forgave my childhood abuser in an instant. Like that. When you realize that forgiveness is not about them. You know what's changes. Yeah, this is true. Well, what's really interesting is that the the forgiveness process that I facilitate, acceptance alchemy. That process is a process of, it is a process. My roommate is coming home with my dogs. So this, this could become a thing. <laughs> um, so what, what happens with that process is that there's a process of like healing myself and then healing the other person and then asking for and like giving and receiving forgiveness because forgiveness for me in the work that I do with victim consciousness work, when we're looking at this, the, the guiding principles of what I believe is that the world is a mirror and that when I am unforgiving of and judging others, it is because I am seeing a mirror, a reflection of what it is in me that I have yet to accept and forgive. And so forgiveness is about me because when I forgive them, I forgive myself. And when I forgive myself, I forgive them. And then I have freedom, you know? And so that's, that's my hot take on forgiveness, but it's, um, it is about me. It's always about me. It was only always about me. Right. Everything is always, <laughs> always about me, you know, and the world is a mirror. The world is a mirror. Um, but what if, what if forgiveness doesn't have to take a lifetime? What if letting go of baggage doesn't have to take a lifetime? Like, how does that change the story? 
for people. And this is a place I, I address forgiveness in a totally different way. And it's really interesting because I don't often use the word forgiveness like I would do forgiveness. Because, oh, I call it the F word. Because that has so many religious or moral connotations to it in so many people's minds that it doesn't really hold it doesn't really hold true. So in my process, it's a letting go process. It's a, it's more of a, um, it's just very different, <laughs> but the end result is literally pretty much the same. So it's one of my favorite things about working with people who do similar processes that are, that are different because there are so many different access points to the same results. And this is how all of these different practitioners can all work together because one person is going to resonate with one person and another person's going to resonate with another. And what I do is going to work really well for, for someone. And what she does really does is going to be the only way to help another person. So we literally, the right. people that need us find us and what we do differently is what's going to make it work for you. So it's, it's yep. amazing. That's and so that's true. why we do this show so that people have exposure to as many different processes, as many different options and as many different ideas as is possible because they don't know what's out there. They don't know what their options are. And so many people literally think that there is no way to get over this stuff. They think there's no way to heal this stuff. They literally believe life will never get better than it is today. And that breaks my heart. And that is unacceptable. So I decided to come sit outside in the South in mosquito season. This might not have been a wise decision. It's beautiful though. It is really beautiful. It's very green here. It's very nice. But no, you're totally right. Like there are so many different pathways to healing. Um, and so, you know, I, I worked with coaches. I worked with therapists. I worked with body workers. I worked with energy healers. Um, I worked my, 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 the work that resonates with my soul and it's why I teach what I teach now is the work of A Course in Miracles. It is the work of victim consciousness. It is, it is working with that. However, like I have worked with so many incredible practitioners over the years from, you know, coaches like you, the coach that I worked with, it was before I knew you. Um, there was a coach I worked with who I think does very similar work to what you do. And honestly, like that work was necessary for me to do the work that I did later. Like it was a stepping stone for me to get to being healed enough to having enough healing to being able to see things in a different way. And so like, I always tell people like there are some people who are not in a place of being able to work with me and, you know, look at things the way that I do. And like, there are people that aren't going to be able to work with you. There are people that aren't going to be able to work with my teacher, Lynn, you know, and for me, I needed years of therapy, you know, and then therapy wasn't the end all be all. And I wanted to do different work, but therapy was a really integral part of my journey. And without it, I don't think I'd be alive, you know, all the different pieces, there's all the different, different pieces. pieces to the happiness puzzle. That's right. That's right. And so I'm really curious you approach um how you approach forgiveness <laughs> since you mentioned that i'm really curious and i i i want to share something actually too that i really love um and when i was first getting sober it was a quote that i like literally it was like i almost like carried it in my back pocket at all times and it's a quote by anne lamott and anne lamott is an american novelist 
And the quote is, um, forgiveness is simply giving up all hope of having had a better past. And so for me, forgiveness is, it's radical acceptance. You know, it's radical acceptance for me. So I'm curious how you approach forgiveness. We, oh, to do this in just a few minutes, I get to do, I get to say the word that people hate. I get to give people responsibility. I get to teach people at what point they are responsible. And the responsibility factor in letting go is not that you're responsible for the past or what happened to you, but that you're responsible for this moment on. And if you want a better result, if you want a better outcome, if you want better thoughts, feelings, and emotions, you have to choose to change how you react to change how you allow the past to have power over you. So forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is about taking back your power, reclaiming reclaiming the control over your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and not letting the other person and what they did to you, not letting that be dictating how you feel now, how you live now, how you react now, because um, I do a lot of the victim triangle work too is really, it's a part of it and recognizing mm-hmm. when you're, when you're playing those roles, but, but knowing that yes, it affects you. People do things and it affects you, but are you going to continue to allow that? Cause you can choose to continue to allow it or yes. you can to heal yourself and, and move forward from that. So it's a, an entire process of letting go of the attachment you have to the event, letting go of the emotions you have with the event, and letting severing the ties, severing the connection, the power that the other person still has over you. Because if you're letting... Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I'm going to walk into a different space because I am literally being eaten alive oh my by gosh. mosquitoes. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. But yes, I agree with like all of that. Um, I wasn't laughing. At Where are you at? Like laughing at all the mosquitoes. I'm in Tennessee and the mosquitoes are the size of small cats. Are you in Southern Tennessee? So it's, I am in Southeast Tennessee and the lighting in here is like awful compared to out there. So I'm sorry, but um, it's now I'm not being eaten alive by mosquitoes. Tennessee is super beautiful. Tennessee. Oh, there we go. Angles. Um, Yeah, Tennessee is gorgeous. I love it here. Um, I am currently still moving into my space. So as you can see, it's a hot mess in here. Um, I got here seven days ago. But no, I I love that so much. And like forgiveness work for me is it's same. It's about choosing. It's about choosing how to respond. Choosing how it lets you like how you react in your life and like how you let that run your life. Yeah, choosing a new outcome. That's right. For we, sure. never let that, we never let those people off the hook. We just let ourselves off the hook. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, the experience that I had with my grandfather, um, I don't know. I mean, for me, like, it's really interesting now because, you know, I'm an intuitive and, um, like, my grandfather is actually one of my spirit guides now. Um, and like we sit together, um, and it's, it's been a really interesting process because the forgiveness process allowed me to literally have zero resentment 
um, towards him and to be able to see it in a completely different way. And I never thought that would happen. You came to the place where you saw the trauma that caused his. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. So what, what happened is I, for some reason, I was able to see the suffering of all and able to see the suffering of all sides. And what I, what happened when I forgave him um, and in forgiving him, forgave myself um, was that I actually, I cried for three weeks after that um, because all I could think of was what must have happened to him to turn him into what he was. When we stand on the common ground with other people, when true empathy awakens, it is powerful stuff. Yeah. And let me tell you, like that kind of forgiveness, I never thought was possible. I never thought it was possible. And after forgiving that, it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to look at anyone who normally I used to look at with a ton of resentment and judgment towards them as horrible people. And now most of the time, all I can see is somebody who's just really in a lot of pain. Do you know the Marshall Rosenberg uh, nonviolent communication book? Oh, I love nonviolent I communication love so much. I love it so much. Nonviolent communication so is amazing. Right. I'm yes. a big that fan. One of the books that I make everybody read. Yeah, because it's so powerful. It's so and it's powerful. So easy. No, it's easy to like. It's easy to digest. It's not like when people read it, it's not so overwhelming. It makes sense to them. There's so many books that you and I are into, but we wouldn't, overwhelming. we wouldn't give them to other people without any, like, <laughs> without, without any preparation. But that one is digestible yes. pretty much by everyone. Yeah. It, it's such a core foundation to understanding other people and ourselves. It is. Well, and I, I'll highly recommend actually to everybody who might be watching as well is Lynn Forrest's book, My Teacher. Um, she wrote uh, The Guiding Principles for Life Beyond Victim Consciousness. But if you go to Amazon to look it up and you just put in Beyond Victim Consciousness, it will come up. Um, and it's such, it's such a simple book. It's very short and it's very digestible. Um, and, you know, honestly, like it's kind of like the textbook for the work I do. And it's it's so incredible and it's, it's really helpful to work with a practitioner to help you look at things objectively and to bring a mirror. But for those of you who are very self-guided in your work, um, you know, it's such a great compliment and it can really take the work you do with a coach like me or Krista um, to the next level because it allows you to begin to really tap into your responsibility and your capability, like not even your responsibility, but your capability to be response able, that it is your choice and that everything is for you. Right. And um, I love that. I love that because, you know, but it, it's so interesting because like even, even these books, I don't necessarily know, that it replaces working with a mirror. Like, I think working with a mirror is so powerful. I still work with a mirror. You know, it's really important to me to have somebody who can hold up that objective reflection for me because I can't always do it because I'm stuck in my painful story. <laughs> I still, I still will never, ever, ever work with someone, work with a coach. Like, 
I won't hire someone who doesn't have a team behind them. <laughs> right. If you're doing this work and you're not taking care of yourself yeah. by having a team that you know is safe space for you that can actually help you offload some of the stuff that you're dealing with in your personal life. Yes. If you're going to be an actual safe space for people, a good container, you have to be able to pass that all forward. Like we literally all depend on each other for healing all the time. All the time. And if you are seeing someone who isn't seeing someone, they're doing a disservice to you. Yes. Psych psychiatrists, counselors, everyone, all the way up the whole system. If they are not being accountable to other people in their profession, if they are not getting self-care from others in their profession, if they don't trust their profession enough to take care of them, you're, you're seeing the wrong people. <laughs> because Great. we have to count on it 100%. We have to believe in it 100%. And if we don't believe in it enough to use it, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm actually in like a 12-week small, like a 12-week small group right now for myself. Because I need that. It's so important. Like you can be, you can have done all the work in the world and still be, okay, that's okay. I want to touch on that. So what happens very often is people are like, why am I here again? Why am I here again? I've already done all this work. Why am I here again? Um, because that's how it works. <laughs> like you get to repeat your lessons until, I mean, you kind of just get to repeat them and you repeat them in different ways from different perspectives with different flavors and different like filters on them. And, you know, like you just, you never stop having what I like to call AFGOs, another freaking growth opportunity. <laughs> they keep coming, they keep coming. And so it's so important, you know, to like have people, and even if it's not a coach or a therapist, you know, like having a mentor or a trusted confidant or a friend who will call you and like hold up the mirror for you and be like, Hey, like you're, you're in a loop right now. Let's talk about it. Like that can be invaluable too. Patterns. People patterns. help you see those patterns. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. I cannot even begin to tell you how many mosquito bites I already feel <laughs> itching right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nature loves you. Um, you know, it's just another pattern that I needed to repeat um, <laughs> to learn that I cannot sit outside without being doused in uh, in bug spray. <laughs> Apparently, that lesson needed repeating. <laughs> often, often, often. So, can you tell us how people can get a hold of you? Yeah, so it is, I completely um, am redoing my website, but it is up. It is up and live. Um, some of the links work. Some of them are still waiting to be fleshed out. Um, so if you click on one and it doesn't work, that's why. Um, but it is the acceptancealchemist.com, um, which I'm really excited about because I rebranded this year. I had a, uh, the name of my practice was a little bit more in your face last year. Um, and I decided that it didn't really fit what I was doing. And so I rebranded and that's been a really fun project. And so you can currently, you can email me um, at, I'm going to give you my old email address because I don't have the new one set up yet because it's literally a fresh rebrand. It is 
fresh out of the oven. Um, but it's Dina at VoxBodyWorks.com. You can, you can email me there if you have any questions or you need book recommendations or anything like that. But honestly, um, I am on Instagram and it is the acceptance alchemist. If you want to friend me there or follow me there, but I'm on a current sabbatical for 120 days. Self-care, self-care. Well, it's an experiment. It's an experiment because um, social media was an addiction for me. It was like I could not put it down. I couldn't stop picking up my phone. I was spending over six hours a day on my phone. And since I gave it up about a week ago, um, my average phone time a day is now 26 minutes. Social media addiction is really common. (laughs) Yeah, and it feels really good. It feels really good. And I'm just trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to network without it. But we did it for like, you know, hundreds of years before social media. So it's an experiment right now. Absolutely. Yes. So if you guys can't get a hold of Dina and you wanted to (laughs) message me, I will track her down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Check out her website. And uh, she does have Instagram. I do. I check occasionally. I'm sure. Yes. I will. I miss you too much. Uh, and we are we are starting a new um small group um for the forgiveness process specifically if anybody's really interested in looking at that in a different way and that that small group will be starting in july so it's a different way of looking at things it's it's definitely uh it's it's an alternative approach and that's not not a six-week it is not a six week. I was doing it in four weeks, but I've, what I've realized is that it's not enough time. And I actually, I want to go a little deeper into the work. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to actually knock that into um, eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks of actual um, meeting. And it is a small group, so it's limited to six people. So it's an extremely intimate circle. It is, um, it is a very safe container. Um, and, and like I said, it's an intimate group and we'll meet eight to 10 times probably, um, just kind of depending on the group, I'm going to get the pulse when, when we get it together. Um, and then it'll be done over the course of 12 weeks. So there'll be a lot of like, there'll be a few weeks where we take a, a week off reflective. Yes. Yes. For integration and just moving through the work and like seeing how it lands in your life and then being able to bring that back to the circle. And it's really fantastic. The, the transformation, watching people go from being like, you know, I will never, ever forgive. And that will never happen to like, oh my gosh, I'm so ready. Can we do the process now? Like, can we do acceptance alchemy? I'm ready. It's, it's pretty cool to watch a lot of freedom in that group. I love it. (laughs) We both like, this is one of the best things that you guys get to see is how amazing we feel, how amazing our lives are because of the work that we get to do for you and with you. Yes. Work on your dark stuff. (laughs) It is, it is the best. It is amazing. And I know I can speak for you. We could not be more grateful for each and every one of you that trust, that trust in us to walk beside you on the, on your healing journeys, no matter what those journeys are. So if tonight was interesting to you and you want to get a hold of Dina or you want to get a hold of me, please go ahead and do that. We're going to close things down for the night. So have an amazing, amazing evening and Christopher out. Bye.